We're back for another episode of Football on the 40. I'm Jake Robinson. As always, we will take our weekly dives into the Longhorn football program and hopefully have some fun along the way. Joining us, as always, are our co-hosts, Bowen Kai, Kevin Mathis, Andrew Harris, and producer Hamilton Lizer. Coming off of the Baylor loss, we do want to start this week uh, focusing on the positive. So what went well last weekend? Um, I'll start. I think we, we ate really good at the ranch. We obviously had fun hanging out there together. Um, our buddy Sam on Saturday after the L cooked some Wagyu steaks and a Wagyu tri-tip. And he used a method that we call reverse searing. Uh, the ladies cooked some great sides, including potatoes and cream spinach. And we had a great meal. Yeah, that was one of the best meals I've had in a while. Yeah, it's super good. Great time with the guys at the ranch. One and Cub got one victory on Saturday. One and one, baby. Let's go. David was so upset after that loss. <laughs> I don't know if he's recovered. He wouldn't look me in the eye when I shook his hand after the game, actually. <laughs> it was a rough day think- for David. I think everybody finished up on blackjack except me. Um, played some craps, basically broke you. Pretty solid. Yeah. I need to Venmo you for craps still. Uh, I don't. I didn't actually count it. You don't need to Venmo me anything. I just called it a wash. But the Astros also, won. That's positive. That was that was this weekend. That was last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Went into we the work week with the with the positive win. Coming back to Houston. That was nice. After a grand and, slam, right? Yeah, we mm-hmm. survived a grand slam in the first. Yeah. Martin Maldonado, MVP so far for the team. Uh, positive for Dippin' Dots. Our seating group literally sustained Dippin' Dots for the whole game. I think we've got – there was like nine of us that went to the game, and we got at least like eight servings of Dippin' Dots at the game. So – yeah, shout out nope. to the food in the Baylor Stadium. They also had Chick-fil-A. Um, they did not have Chick-fil-A sauce, but we had Chick-fil-A sandwiches, and I got a Chick-fil-A cookie, too. We ate really good in the stadium. These are the positives you want coming off of a, a road game that you attend. You know, the ice cream in the stadium was good. Hanging out was fun. So, Yeah. Very, very optimistic group this week. But because of the uh, because of the eating and winning the meals, I'm trying to sort of do a juice cleanse this week. I was feeling terrible on Sunday about about all that. As we transition into the negative, <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to go ahead and and skip. Um, the uh, fire mistake keep segments, but we sh- we can still have a conversation about the game. How did y'all feel, you know, being in the stadium, you guys, and, you know, how did y'all feel with the lead at halftime? Were y'all expecting a collapse or did y'all feel good about the first half? What did y'all, what did y'all think? I think I got a sense that despite the lead at halftime, no one thought we were going to win the game. Um, but I did enjoy the first half. I thought we started really strong and I think our second touchdown, we scored in pretty dominating fashion with 
Casey's long throw to Xavier Worthy. So end of the first quarter, I was feeling pretty good and told Jake, I think, like, if we keep playing well, we're going to win this game by a lot. So the first first half was good, which, you know, it always is. <laughs> Stop the count. Uh, i i just can't imagine there's another team in all of fbs that has had a double digit win three weeks in a row and lose like maybe maybe ever but definitely not this year i think we have the most since the start of 2000 with like five including the last three so yeah, I saw that somewhere this week. Pretty, pretty discouraging. Yeah, it started getting bad quick. Um, the icing on the cake for me was the fake punt, which I'm sure we can we can talk about. Um, I thought that was the dumbest special teams call I've ever personally witnessed. That was so bad. I think Digger just thought he was going to pull a Dixon, and he was just like, "I got this. I'm going to put the team on my back." I'm gonna put a little, little Jordan Humphrey esque run together. Yeah. Try to make a culture play, and then that was that was not it. I was so confused. If you think about that too, like I haven't really rewatched it. I don't know if there's anyone running a route because you would think he's gonna pass. He never really reared back for that pass, which means he's thinking run. I think they said it was a it was an RPO, right? Yeah, I thought so Keelan. Like, I think Keelan went out for a pass. And was I Keelan I open? It either. I I can't bring myself to rewatch it. I won't. I refuse. But like, it's fourth and eleven. It's one thing if it's fourth and three, but fourth and eleven. Even if it was a run pass option, that's a horrible play call because half of the strategy behind that play call is you can option to the run. And based on where Dicker's standing, probably, when he catches that snap, he's about like 20 to 22 yards from the first down. So if if we were, yeah. if Casey was in the game and we run an RPO, that's also a terrible play call. Yeah. And Casey would be standing 15 yards from the first down line. Why would you call RPO there? That's yeah. I think for me, like, yeah. when, when Josh, Moore, Josh Moore had that fumble late in the second quarter, in the first half, I was like, oh, man, this is happening. We're, this is like Casey throwing that pick six. Like, we were up four points, had the chance to at least go up seven, could have gone up potentially 11, which we did, you know, later in, in the third. But that was bad. I, just, I was like, dang, this is – here we go, guys. This is it. But And then he's obviously responsible for the interception, too, with – Casey yeah. throws the ball he a little a, bit he had behind. A pretty him. rough sequence. He had a really rough sequence there. I think was that back-to-back drives, or did it just feel like back-to-back drives where we turned the ball over? Anyways, I mm. I don't think that was a fumble either. I just feel like they didn't have the camera angle to overturn it because you need a prevent a pretty convincing replay to overturn that call. But based on the replays we were seeing it didn't look like the ball was out before he hit the ground. Watching at home. I think if it was called a catch on the field and down on the field, it probably would have been hard to overturn, but it, 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 
you know, watching at home, it looked like a, based on the angles they were showing us, it did look like a fumble, but just got to secure the ball. Yeah. So I have a question for y'all. Do y'all think, I just thought about this, but it seems like with the previous regime, there was more like little mistakes that like kind of piled on where under Sark has kind of been more bigger mistakes, but not as many. I mean, it results in the same thing in the end, but like, do y'all see the same thing? I don't, I don't know. Cause we keep doing the same thing. We see the see, yeah. we see the same trends in the first and second half, but I kind of attribute these last two losses to different things. It was really hard on the offensive strategy during the OSU game. And I think with six straight drives, not, not scoring points to end that game, that was attributed to a lot of little mistakes. And a lot of them are coaching strategic mistakes. Whereas this game was definitely big mistakes. So. Yeah. And that's, that's a fair point. But I, I don't know. Do you characterize a false start or a hold as a big mistake? Because we're seeing a lot of that. <laughs> I mean, there weren't that yeah. many penalties in the game. They just came at really bad times. Yeah. I think a lot's been said, too. And I think, I mean, we can definitely move on. But I feel like we just run out of gas, like, two-thirds of the way through the game. Just, like, I don't know. It's – it's just it just happens every every week now and it's like pretty disheartening to see i was watching sark's press conference today i didn't watch the whole thing but keyed in for like maybe the first 10 minutes of it and he was asked about that and his response was pretty cool actually not that i liked it but it was kind of a technical response i don't know if you guys saw this today but his his response to that was that they've analyzed player data you know, across entire games. And he says the players are all wearing uh, monitors that monitor their speed and their acceleration and how much ground they're covering during the game, uh, which is pretty cool. And he said that after analyzing that, they're not seeing a drop off in things like top speed and acceleration for a lot of their players. And they're kind of using that as the basis for saying that this isn't a conditioning issue. So I've I've also wondered the same things, but to hear that the players are not running slower or getting up to speed slower late in games is is kind of an interesting counterpoint to that to that that theory. Yeah, no, that is super interesting. I I'll have to watch today. I didn't get a chance to watch today's press conference. Um, you know what they say, like in like in consulting business, like show me the data. So that that's that's like right there in front of us. So that's actually really cool. But then it kind of gets me to think. It's like. It's, it really is this mental block that they talk a lot about. It's like in, in the psyche, which is, which is solvable. We got to bring in that, um, that psychologist from Ted Lasso to come in, come in, uh, take a look. Cause watching free solo did not, I forgot her name. Is it may? I'm so bad. Oh, no, I forget it too. No, she's, but we got, we got to call her. Yeah. <laughs> she's right, available. Guys. She's available. All right, I think that's enough uh, for the Baylor game. Let's go ahead <laughs> and move move along to Andy's legendary Longhorn moment. So we're playing Iowa State this weekend. Um, hopefully we do not experience a fourth straight loss. But uh, as a group, 
um, except for Hamilton. Um, Bowen, Jake, Kevin, and I, and, and also our friend Garrett, um, who might join us on the pod in the future. Um, we all went to Ames in 2019. Thought it was a great idea. And ultimately, it was a really fun trip, even though the result of the game didn't turn out as well. We spent the first night in Omaha, um, and that was a really good time. And then spent the second night in Ames. And uh, let's just say the hotel we stayed at was um, just left something to be desired. Um, so, yeah. Um, so I, I thought it'd be a cool idea to kind of go through the top five most enjoyable moments from the trip and the top five most traumatic moments from the trip. So guys, which, uh, which one should I do first enjoyable or traumatic? I think we need some joy. We need some joy in our lives. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's go. Yeah. Let's be positive first. Um, so for people that don't know, um, our boy, Kevin, um, he was engaged at the time and, um, this was prior to COVID and we were planning to go on a bachelor trip with him at some point in the spring. Um, and spoiler alert, COVID kind of ruined that, but eventually we were able to do a, a real bachelor party for him. Um, but we just thought it would be such a funny idea to uh, keep calling it Kev's bachelor party. And we called it that the whole weekend. Um, Kevin did not like it, but he also enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, so that's definitely an enjoyable moment. Um, just treating it as a bachelor party, which is hilarious thinking having uh, a bachelor party in Ames, Iowa. Having a, ba- uh, a bachelor party in, in a Midwestern small college town, I don't think any bachelor in the country sees themselves in Ames, Iowa, even if there are good friends there for you know such a big moment in their lives. So I, I did not like that inside joke. <laughs> I think some people did actually think it was your bachelor party, though. <laughs> like some Iowa State fans. Like we didn't get any free drinks. We just got a bunch of free weird looks. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, moving on to the second point uh, or the second enjoyable moment. The dinner Friday night we got at Jay Gilbert's in Omaha. Super amazing steak. All the sides are great. Um, that was solid. Yeah, it was just a really good meal. We all felt super full afterwards. We went to a casino um and uh i think some guys want some money i i didn't i lost the fifth game of a five game parlay what to charlie strong south florida so that's how the weekend went <laughs> <laughs> hey we got some we stayed at the double tree in omaha right we, like, I, we got some cookies that, mm-hmm. those pretty soft oh those too. cookies complimentary soft cookies also yeah, i think i think looking back i had a better time in uh in Omaha than I did in Ames. And it was really cool to see how close the college world series stadium is to the kind of downtown area in Omaha. It's not like Omaha's Chicago or New York city, but it made me want to go back to Omaha for the college world series at some point, which I think it will do. I think we have a chance this year, this summer. I, I think our baseball team is going to be really good this yeah. year. We're going to, um, we're going to pivot to a basketball podcast and then a baseball podcast. <laughs> maybe before the football season ends hey this is positive we're being positive that's true that's true that's true that's true um okay i'll go more quickly now uh uh sam um 
Ellinger, he led us back on a kind of crazy comeback. Um, for most of the game, the Texas offense could not do anything. And I, we scored a touchdown right before half. At one point, it I think late or early in the fourth quarter, it was 20 to seven. Uh, we, Sam kind of threw a jump pass at Keontae Ingram uh, for a touchdown. And then, um, I don't know if y'all remember this, but it, it was like second and 35. And we complete this like long pass at Eagles to make it like third and like five, six, seven, something like that. And then we threw a, a slant to Duvernay. That uh, got us pretty close to the goal line. And then a few players later, it, it got to be uh, fourth and goal. And Sam kind of was running for his life, found Malcolm Epps in the end zone. Um, we went up 21-20. I don't think we thought we were going to for sure win at that moment, but we were pretty ecstatic uh, thinking of the possibility. Um, our fourth thing, or the fourth thing that I came up with, um, I really enjoyed the friendly Iowa State couple at Old Chicago. They were super nice. Uh, I don't think they cared for our nickname for their kicker. Um, but other than that, they were super friendly. Yeah, they hated Iowa. I remember that. Oh, they yeah. were so nice. They were. They, they were, were really awesome. nice. Y'all remember that random that random guy at the bar that was like buying everyone in the whole place shots? I don't recall that. Y'all don't remember? Yeah, that? I don't either. He had a bill that was like really long receipt. <laughs> I remember when he <laughs> we didn't get free shots. <laughs> they did buy us free shots. He did what? Yeah. Well, I don't Wait, recall really? this like at all. I don't recall wow. this either. It was like a pizza place and a bar combined. I, I remember the place. I just don't remember getting drinks. Wow. Um, we're getting old. Yeah, and then lastly, you know, just really thankful for the brotherhood and the unity and the fellowship. Hashtag Rush Bucks. Um, yeah, <laughs> great times. But no, I. Yeah. In all seriousness, I'm really thankful for the time that we spent with the guys. And, um, and you know, going on road trips with your closest guy friends, I think I can't recommend that enough. Uh, it's really fun, even if the game doesn't go your way. Um, it, it's just a really good time. So I definitely recommend that for anyone that hasn't done that yet. Um, okay. So enough with the positivity. We're going back to negativity. Uh, the most traumatic moments from the trip. Uh, I think the obvious one for all of us to say is a cyclone alert that they played on repeat the whole game. And I think we, we've made references in the pod about it. But during Iowa State games that we watch now, it's really kind of hard to uh, hear that cyclone alert um, during, the, during their games. So not a fan of that. Kind of similar to that's another Baylor first down. <laughs> yeah, but I was this year in the stadium too. Yes, yes. Oh god, time. Yeah. Oops. Um. Then, yeah. Then going to the second thing, Texas jumped off sides on a field goal attempt with two minutes left. Um, I don't know if y'all remember this, but their kicker actually missed the field goal. Um. So that didn't go so well. Um, that was a bummer. Uh, number three, the Akana Lodge at Ames. Um, we just thought it'd be a great idea. We're just out of college. 
or I guess we we're not really, we were three years out of college by this point. We should have upgraded really guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but we just thought, yeah, it'd be a great idea to not spend any money. Let's just spend like $20 each, stay in one hotel room. And their, uh, their reviews were far better than they should have been. So good to their marketing team. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so that was a, that was an interesting experience. I will never stay at a property ever again. Um, yeah, Garrett's not on the podcast, but Jake is. Um, I think it's pretty traumatic what happened with the party mode jackets. Y'all were pretty excited about that. So, Jake, do you have a response to, to your party mode? We have these really dull jackets that are just like, you know, warm jackets. But the inside, they're Columbia. They're nothing, they're nothing crazy. The inside of the jackets are like really bright. I don't know how to explain it. It's like gold. It's uh, shiny. It's shiny. Yeah, it's shiny. And Garrett pulled his inside out and was like, look, it's party mode. And I did the same thing. And then it was just not immediately we stopped after being approached. Y'all got hit on by some people that you didn't want to get hit on. That is that is correct. We immediately flipped the jackets back the other way and never went did that again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for uh, this week's legendary Longhorn moment. Um, and now an ad from our sponsors. And we're back, and it is time now for us to move into the preview of our upcoming game against Iowa State. Um, as always, we'll start with an emotional um, connection to the week. Are we excited, nervous, or apathetic? Uh, personally, I'm just kind of in a mindset of complete and totally being defeated. So, um, you know, still excited for the program in a year or two or three or 10, but for this season, uh, there is zero enthusiasm left. Um, I'll watch the horns. I'll be quite excited if we can somehow muster a win. Um, but I can say I am where Kevin was several weeks ago. Um, if I'm excited, that excitement is for our number one undefeated volleyball team and our preseason top five men's basketball team. Yeah, I know that the general, well, the overwhelming theme of this pod has been pretty much a state of despair. So hate to add more to that. But yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly feeling pretty apathetic about this game. I feel like I was the first one on the pod to accept our Texas Bowl destiny. And now I'm fully embracing it. If we're fortunate enough to be bowl eligible, that would be... <laughs> I mean, we're at that point, guys. We're not <laughs> right now. That's asking a lot. Five, we need five to get that academic loophole, so we still got to get <laughs> Um, Yeah, and like was mentioned in the previous segment, I can already hear the tornado sirens. So kind of, kind of on that so, note, on the, bowl, on the bowl note, you know how often we're like, oh, we're just destined for the Alamo Bowl. It's like statistically almost impossible that we'll make the Alamo Bowl, so – Texas Bowl nice. is like best case scenario. What 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 are we projected for now? Like the camping world, like the outdoor world bowl or whatever. Cheese it, cheese it bowl, cheese it bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I'd kind of be down for a cheese it bowl actually. The t-shirt might be cool. Yeah, maybe we get a box of cheese its for the trophy. Yeah. 
So after the the two uh, apathetic takes, I googled, "Does apathy mean I'm depressed?" And what I got was essentially, I'm going to read, uh, "Apathy is a lack of emotions, but it isn't the same thing as depression, though it can be hard to tell the two conditions apart." So, although we we are in a state of despair, we we are not depressed. And I don't think Texas football would make us depressed because we have some things to look forward to, including the Cheeto Bowl. Um, I'm after thinking about it, my expectations are so low, um, and I've you know been hurt by the last few weeks that I'm I'm excited. I mean, I think we're not in, expecting to win this game, so we have the you know the chance to be surprised, which we haven't had yet this season. Uh, with our expectations being pretty high. So I don't think I'm I'm necessarily picking the horns this week, but I'm excited. I think Bijan's going to rebound and have a big game after a really tough one against Baylor. Um, again, like I'm, I'm not expecting this team to win, but, you know, we, we have the chance to see some flashes and we'll enjoy the highlights. So definitely going to watch the whole game and, and enjoy it. So trying to maintain excitement. Yeah, man, good, uh, good definition there, Kev. That that was needed. Um, except the press is not an option. Maybe we should make that an option. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I that would be us tilting the scale uh, <laughs> with things going so bad. Let's just say it's it's a it's a bad day for the pod when Kevin is the least. Um, negative <laughs> and no. and this is this is me at the bottom hedging my emotions always trying to come back to the middle you know in a way this is also an emotional hedge man um yeah i, I i'm definitely I'm, I'm in apathetic camp i think after the game on saturday most of the people in our group was like were pretty bummed and i was just like whatever <laughs> Which usually that's not me, so uh, that's saying something. Um, it's really kind of sad looking back on our pod experience and uh, looking back at the tech pod and thinking how we all said, "Oh yeah, this is not going to be the high of our season," and that definitely is going to be the high of our season. Um, we should have known better, um, but I don't know. I think there's definitely things that that hold hope for, especially going past the season. You know, if we do somehow win at West Virginia, uh, or I mean at Iowa State this week, um, we would be favored the last three games of the year. So if you said right now we would be in four at the end of the year, I think we would all obviously take it. So, I mean, there's there's still some optimism there, um, even though there's not um any show me the data um aspects to it but you know it is what it is yeah awesome all right would you have gone to the school if they gave you a full ride negative i was not even considering that this school existed when i was applying for colleges or (laughs) college uh i thought the campus was like pretty ugly 
it's the ugliest one I've ever seen in the Big 12. I haven't been to all the campuses, um, but I did not find really many positives with it. Um, so hard pass for me. Yeah. I, I remember I forced the guys to do some like camp, like a tour of campus because I just love like seeing things. And I remember like we saw like some clock tower and it was just not impressive in the slightest. <laughs> and yeah, this is going to be a, a hard no for me too. I mean, given how difficult it was to get there, like flying into Omaha, driving all the way there, that would, that would just be really difficult logistically. And also while we were there, similar to, I think how Texas tech would be, I don't know that I saw a single Asian person there. I'm just trying to think. And that would be not ideal for me either. I think there were maybe a few, but yeah, I, I think that would be very tough for me. Yeah. Y'all, y'all didn't like our dairy. Y'all didn't like our dairy queen lunch that we had in Ames. That wasn't in Ames. Where was it then? It was like outside of Omaha. Oh no, 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 no. It was definitely in Ames. Ames. No, we had dairy queen twice that trip. Was that a gas station? Oh, yeah, Dairy Queen? you did. We had it on the way back. Yeah. We had A&W too, right? I don't know. <laughs> we ate so badly on that trip. Anyway. <laughs> the Midwestern night. Anyway, the question was, would you have gone to the school? Um, I, I think I've said it. The Big 12 atmosphere. Um, I, I've tried to go to a lot of different away games. And at Ames, it was cool. They really care about their football team a lot. Um, it was a fun experience. But unequivocally, it's a no it's way too cold in Iowa. So there's, there's no way I would have gone to school there. Um, However, I think, you know, we say good things about their game day experience. And I think it's worth noting that one thing that I didn't anticipate that I thought was cool. And I saw this at Kansas state as well, going to games in Manhattan is right next to the stadium. There's a huge lot where everyone tailgates. And I think those that do decide to go to Iowa State have a great time on Saturdays. And we had a good time kind of bopping around the tailgates too. But Yeah, they were um, super welcoming too. We don't get that in Austin. And it's cool that they have so much space to kind of gather and uh, tailgate kind of right next to each other and interact. Like tailgates are so close to each other. People kind of, you know, chat between the tailgates and things. So it, it was a cool tailgating environment. So not to, you know, make this a fully rejective take on Iowa State because there there were some good things to the campus and and the game day experience. All right. Good stuff there. We're going to move into our general discussion now. Um, Any Iowa State players you're watching or analysis that y'all want to provide for this game specifically? What you got your eyes on? I think, um, Andrew, you may agree, but I think the player to watch is going to be their quarterback, uh, Brock Purdy. He's not having um, a standout season by by any means with only 12 patch- passing touchdowns so far and four interceptions. Um, but he, he's my player to watch because he's he can have great games, but he can also lose his team games. Um, two years ago, I think he was a freshman or a sophomore, and he had a lot of hype associated his performances a couple years ago and uh, hasn't really lived up to that. So in, I kind of put him in the same class as Spencer Sanders at OSU. Um, he's not the most consistent quarterback, but he can show legitimate flashes. And he's my player to watch because I think, you know, depending on how he plays is kind of going to guide the, 
the flow of the game. Um, so watching watching Brock Purdy. Who are you watching, Andrew? Yeah, for sure. I think pump fake um, Purdy. Um, he he's a uh, he's gonna be really big for the for the game to see um, if he plays well. I don't think we're gonna win, but he, like Kevin has said, he's been really inconsistent. So um, yeah, so Iowa State they have a great running back. Um, I think in talent wise, he's the second best running back in the big 12 behind Bijan, uh, and Priest Hall. So, um, as we know this season, we haven't been very good stopping the run. Uh, so that's going to be a big task for us. Um, um, Charlie Kohler, uh, they're tight end. He's, uh, probably the, I don't know, top three tight end in the, in the country. Super talented. He's going to be playing on Sundays. And, um, yeah, and that's another guy to watch out for. And then, um, lastly, um, Xavier Hutchinson. He's their go-to wide receiver. Uh, he was – I don't know if you all watched this uh, during the Oklahoma State game, but he was a guy that got called for the ridiculous taunting penalty um, against Oklahoma State. But he's, he's their only receiver – Middleton, too, has speed, but I, I don't fear him as much. But Hutchinson really has a lot of talent. Um, and so I, I think that's another guy to watch out for. So uh, I would say has a lot of talent on offense. But like Kevin said, if, if Purdy doesn't have a good game, that's going to allow Texas to stay in it. Now, I think calling out Charlie, Charlie Kolar is important because – their offense really is going to look different than most other Big 12 offenses. Uh, they throw to him a lot, although he's not the leading receiver. Um, he's their he's their second leading receiver, which you might not expect. Um, but we've we've been playing against Charlie Kolar. It feels like for like five years. So, um, gotta yeah that that gotta contain me. him. Yes, and and I don't know who who we have that's really going to match up well with him. Um, we might have DeMarvion Overshone, um, you know, guarding him on his routes. And and if Overshone is uh, paying a lot of attention to Charlie Kolar, do we really have talent and speed at at linebacker to compete with, um, with Brees Hall coming out of the backfield? I think that his influence is really going to challenge, especially our, especially our linebackers. So it's, it's a tough matchup. And although they're not, you know, Oklahoma with, four and five star talent. Charlie Kolar really changes the dynamic. Yeah, um, I was I was a pretty I was a pretty big um not fan, but like I thought I thought Iowa State was going to be really good coming into this year. Um there was a lot of hype on the program um nationally with Purdy coming back for his 20th season and <laughs> and all of that. But <clears throat> um preseason so like I know I know we say that that they're not as talented as in Oklahoma or, or some of the big programs, but what Matt Campbell has done in Ames is truly remarkable. Ames used to be, I mean, Iowa state used to be like just a notch above Kansas every single year. And so they're a well-coached team. And I don't know if y'all know this, but the AP, AP preseason uh, 2021 all America team had the three guys y'all mentioned off uh, Charlie Kohler, uh, Brees Hall and, and Brock Purdy on their preseason All-America team. They were the only college in the country that had three players 
um, on the team, not Alabama, not A&M, not Georgia um, on offense. So pretty remarkable. Actually, I think, I think they're the only program in the country that had three total on the all America team. So no other school had more than that, but so I do think that they're, they, they have the talent. The guys have been around for a long time and they're well coached. So probably a nightmare matchup, uh, even if we were seven and one, but that being said, uh, I think that concludes our pregame analysis of the Iowa state game. We will be back for gambling corner right after this break. This week's episode of Football on the 40 is brought to you by Stone Creek Ranch, a pleasant return to simpler times. Come to Stone Creek Ranch to enjoy activities ranging from riding Zero Dark Horsey, playing craps and landmines, watching your favorite team lose to Maryland on the indoor big screen, and coating the bar with sticky margaritas. Stone Creek Ranch, where dreams come true. All right, and we're back with another segment of Gambling Corner. So. Y'all have all heard this. We did not do well last week. Texas did not cover the under hit by a pretty wide margin. And for our $1,000 pick season-long betting game, another poor performance too. We were down 100 on the week. In total, we're down about 800 bow coin. Unfortunately, you know, we had some wins and losses last week. Unfortunately, Kevin's emotional hedge came through financially. Um, so he did win that bet at the cost of a Texas loss, but, you know, going into this back half of the season, guys, I think we just, I think here's what we should do. We should keep finding edges. If we go in the red, we go in the red, we just make our picks. And if we go into the red, then I'll take care of it. I'll find a loan shark with a favorable Bitcoin interest rate. And, you know, we'll, we'll bounce back. We'll bounce back. So previewing this week's odds, and I'll hand it over to the guys. Texas is almost getting a touchdown. We're six and a half. We're getting six and a half points. We basically just need to lose by, yeah, less than a touchdown. Over under 60 and a half. Texas is getting plus 190 on the money line. So, hey, if there's any shred of optimism left for us, guys, I mean, this is, this is where we, we got to make it show out. What do you guys like um, around this game? And then we can also talk about elsewhere around the league too. I will say it's, it's, it's kind of uh, interesting that Vegas has given up on us too. Um, the, the six, so that's, we're the biggest underdogs we've been all season. And it's the first, I mean, we haven't, we haven't lost to an unranked team and they're the first unranked team that Vegas thinks that we're also going to lose to. So it is an interesting line. That is, that is noteworthy. And I'm looking at the score that I'm that I'm picking, and it's us losing by six. So I guess with that, I need to bet on the horns. Which I, waking up this morning, I would have slapped someone if they told me I was going to do that. <laughs> um, another thing I want to call out is: sure, we've lost you know eighty percent of the Bowcoin, but if you look at what it's done over the last two and a half months, like Bowcoin has appreciated. I'm seeing. 85 and a half percent in the last, you know, over the course of the podcast. So U.S. dollar value, we're we're holding really strong in a tough market. Um, the, the value of the investment has 
decreased and we've definitely wasted some of it, but we can't, we can't, you know, I think we need to give the listeners that, uh, that context. Don't you think that's important, Bowen? I think we're looking at two different markets, Kev. (laughs) (laughs) Where does inflation tie in? Uh, um, But back to the betting, I think because you guys are right, that line is almost generous. And with my theme of, you know, being ready for a potential surprise this week, I will bet, uh, I'll bet 50 Bowcoin on the horns uh, for us to cover. Anybody else want to put some money on that with me? Heck no. Yeah, I'm 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 staying away from Texas football from now. I hope you're right. I hope you're right though. I hope All I'm right, right Kevin. Too. Kevin. Kevin with the lone Texas bet. Um, what about elsewhere around around the league? Are you guys seeing anything interesting? I know A and M is playing Auburn. I think. Auburn was getting four and a half points on them. If we think AM's an actual contender or if they're fake, you know, maybe we take Auburn. And um, Auburn just stomped <clears throat> Ole Miss. So, or did they? Yeah, Auburn beat yeah, Ole Miss they, last week. Yeah, they beat Ole Miss. They look good. Auburn's flashy, though. Like they look great one week and they don't look great another. But uh, they control their own destiny still in the SEC West. Yeah, I think I'll take I'll take Auburn in this for uh, twenty bell coin. I um, I want to come back uh, for my other bets, but I do think Auburn they they historically have been A M at A M, and A M has been Auburn at Auburn. It's a really weird series um, where the road team usually wins, and so I think that trend continues. Um, yeah, I was very skeptical about Knicks last week, but I guess I'm on the on the bandwagon now. I I've been losing a lot of bets, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tone it down a little bit this week. I just have two, and uh, I'll do each one at 25. So, and they're exactly the same lines. I like Baylor minus six and a half over fired coach TCU. Um, it just seems right, and then. I also like Oregon minus six and a half over Washington. Um, Washington has looked horrible this year. I know Oregon's kind of had some close wins, but um, it is kind of a rivalry game. I think they call it the border war, but um, it's a, I I like Oregon in that game too. So those are my only two bets this week. I also want to do a parlay, Bowen. Um, Okay. I I think that Jake's bet on Baylor is a, is a great bet for a lot of reasons. So I want to parlay um, Baylor and also uh, SMU to cover against Memphis. SMU is playing on the road against a four and four Memphis team that only has one conference win. Um, so Baylor line, SMU line for a total of 30 bow coin there. And then do you, I have... do you know what, uh, what SMU's cover is? SMU is uh, minus five and a half. Okay. In, in my best league course of voice, what a good pick. Right. <laughs> I actually like both of those. So. <laughs> um, and then for my last two, they're going to both be for 15. Uh, so $50 total for me too this week. I'm doubling down on the Strohs. I believe the comeback's happening. 
uh, in order for the comeback to happen, they have to win game six. So I think they're going to. Uh, they're minus 125 right now. So I'm going to go um, 15 bow coin on the Strohs. And then uh, lastly, uh, Ohio State's favored by 15 and a half over Nebraska. Nebraska is trash. Ohio State's peaking at the right time. So I'm going to go 15 bow coin on Ohio State to cover. Nice. I like it. All right, so doing doing some quick math. Hey, we are still – we don't have to call any loan sharks. This is still – This is a big we are, week We are us. right under. We, <laughs> we is, need to come big. back. I think this, this is where the turnaround comes. So we put $180 on the field, which is around 95% of the remaining bankroll that we have. So How, how much do we have uh, left, did you say? I think – let me pull it up one sec. Guys, don't um, you think we should let well, everything ride on our future coach – uh, and bet on UTSA. <laughs> How much do we have left? Like 180, 150? No, let's not. Dude, it's a lock. I think it we just have like a lock. Bucks Are they on a bye week? I didn't even see them. No, they're playing UTEP. They're playing UTEP. They kick at 9.15 Central Time. Uh, so by then, we will have gotten over the loss against Iowa State. And we're going to be we're gonna be like watching it's our It's going to be in the middle of the game. <laughs> 9 15 games at 6 30 oh i thought it was 2 30 no 6 30 dang what do y'all think we have we have around 22 we have 22 dollars left after all the bets we've made yeah so let's we bet 22 dollars 22 dollars for utsa to cover 22 dollars 22 is great 22 is a good number who's who's t- who's taking ownership for that bet kevin uh, i'll yeah, take that so no, utsa 16th in the country this is unprecedented Against how UTEP, many? that is six and two overall. UTSA minus ten and a half. I mean, it's a lock. Over under fifty three. They've been unstoppable. All right. Wow, we are we are all in, fellas. This is hey, this is I'm this is the most optimistic I felt all po- all podcasts. I don't know about you guys. I mean, this is I'm I'm feeling pretty good about our about our our chances to bounce back this 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 week. It's gonna be good. Well, I'll get I'll get the bets in, um, but yeah, I'm 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 jazzed. I think I think there's some winners here. Yeah, I I I, I think we're not gonna lose them all. So that means we'll have some money to, <laughs> to play with next week. <laughs> all right, uh, let's let's move on into our game predictions. I'm sure this is gonna be a super upbeat segment based off the rest of the show. But let's let's finish it off with some predictions. So I I think the horns will show some flashes. Bijan's going to have a great game with some awesome highlights. Um, but I think we get overwhelmed by mediocre consistency from Iowa State, and I'm picking Iowa State 42-38. Yeah, I, I think we lose this one too. I'm pretty sad about that. This is, I think this is a lot of our like first loss prediction on the season. I think Iowa State takes this one 35, Texas 24. Bad matchup for us at a bad time. We lose this. Cyclones 38, Horns 28. You know, I had us losing, but, you know, screw it. I'm going to go with the Horns. 35-31. Let's do it. <laughs> you just flipped the, <laughs> the winner around. It was your exact same score prediction. <laughs> exactly. I don't care. Nice. Um, 
So I was going to go with my heart, not my head and pick Texas to win as well. I, I was thinking that, um, you know, it'd be more of Iowa State losing than us winning. I think they would make mistakes. But with uh, recent news of the monkey gate scandal, I'm, uh, I'm not to pick Iowa State. I think uh, we're going to get distracted and lose this one. Monkey gate is going to be a scar on yeah. this program for years to come. Gosh, y'all know if if we lose today, I mean, I think that we saw some tweets about it, right? Like the last time we lost four games was Charlie Strong's last season. That's right, right? That's that's pretty that's pretty bad. Not to mention we still have the the peaking Kansas State team and uh, game at Morgantown, so no promises in either of those. But we play Kansas next week, so that's gonna break. At home streak. too. At yeah. home. I'm going to that game with my dad. Dad, if you're listening, don't don't quit on me. We're going to the Kansas game. <laughs> All right. Well, that was uh that was a fun a fun uh 50 minutes. Um, thank y'all for for sticking with us to the very end. If if there's any of you still out there listening, um, thank you. And uh, we we look forward to giving you a recap uh, of this game and uh, taking a look forward to that Kansas um shootout in austin so thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week hook them horns